Welcome to the Defending Your Diva Podcast. I'm David Omar Davila. And I am Danny Hidalgo. Danny, what is that loud music you're listening to? It's my roommates. They're listening to like Eurovision stuff. Eurovision is going on? They should. They, well, Euro- no, but like they're, they're just like watching old performances. You know, like oh. Netta? I'm not they a did- toy. I love Netta. I'm obsessed with Netta. Did She's you listen great. to her first um, album? She just released? Uh, I don't think so. I listened to her EP. You would... Oh, well, that's what I'm talking about. An EP. It's like only like six songs. Okay, yeah, yeah. That yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's very... Um, I liked it. It's very on brand for her. I love it. 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 I really love Cuckoo. I love the video. I love everything about it. Um, and I can't stop listening to Kylie Minogue. Oh, yeah, her new album is phenomenal. I just can't. And then we talked about it's it last like literally week. literally one of the best albums of her career. And that's saying a lot because I, I, she has very few albums that I do like. <laughs> that you don't like? Which, um, yeah. while we're on the topic, our album <laughs> for Vinyl Week this week is a Kylie Minogue album that Indeed. you picked, which is yes. called... Impossible Princess. Impossible Princess, yeah. uh, and it's a big flop from the '90s. And we're gonna give it a listen and I see what we think. Yeah, I think it's. I think it since <laughs> has aged well. I think like critically, it's gotten uh, like since people have liked it. All right, so everyone, time, yeah, it was a big. Flop. Everyone out there, listen to say it again. Impossible, Impossible, Impossible princess. princess, and we'll talk about it here and decide if we want to defend it or defund yeah. it. Even the <laughs> album cover is like very different for her. Like the album has gotten better over the week. Yeah. As the more I listen to it, I can't get it out of my head. That is not a Kylie reference, though it should be. See <laughs> I can, what you did there. <laughs> I can't get it out of my head. I just keep listening to like say something, say something. It's like stuck in my head. Yeah, it's she's so good, good too. It came out at like just the right time. She like it's just like the disco in the eighties. It's just like what it is right now. And it's just like adding to the collection of like disco, disco is so in anyone who's not doing disco is like through it's just like the sound right now it's the sound right now dua lipa is everything uh-huh. um we still love dua lipa she has a new song coming out with miley cyrus on miley cyrus's album oh yes yes on the miley big news. and i think the rumor is the video is going to drop soon that uh dua okay. lipa uh miley cyrus is going to be on dua lipa's um little I feel like Dua Lipa, like, she makes so many videos. Every time she comes out with a song, she has a video for it. And it's, like, a like a quality video. She must Amazing make videos. Listen, <laughs> I think most people, I think, I think we're going to nominate as many people as we nominate for Diva of the Year, but I feel like it's going to be hard to beat Dua Lipa. I mean, I feel like she was definitely one of the top contenders. For She's sure. definitely like, one of the top two or three contenders. Yeah, um, I would yeah, agree. She's had a really sure. great year. Amazing year. Okay, but here is the the saltiest gossip of the week. Okay, oh, well, actually, we oh, a few things we have, we have to talk about Britney Spears. But um, oh, before God, we do yes. that, ugh, so annoying. Uh, before we do that, not Char- not that Britney Spears is annoying people. Just the news <laughs> annoying. <laughs> The salty news I was referring to is not Britney Spears uh, being denied um, a new executor of her conservatorship, but mm-hmm. the fact that Kelly Clarkson had the damn balls to release a Christmas song called All I Want for Christmas Is You that is not a cover. That's a Mariah Carey cover, yeah. <laughs> of Mariah Carey. Like, excuse me? Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse I mean, me. I feel I, like I, you know what? Kelly Clarkson has the right. Does she? Does yeah. she though? 
Does she? Absolutely. I am a Kelly Clarkson stan. You know, we've talked about this over. Like, I, like we go back to Allstate Choir together. Girl, I'm a Kelly Clarkson stan. But releasing a, a song called All I Want for Christmas is You that is not a cover of the Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. To me, that is like, that's just mean. Yeah. That's mean. That's to like when gaze. I bought this cut. That's like when I bought this country album when I was a kid, and one of the names of the songs was Fast Car, and I was so excited to hear their interpretation. And then, like, I, like, put it in the car, and it was like, she got a fast car, and she's right. And I was like, oh, this is not what I wanted to hear. This is bullshit. And that's the reason <laughs> uh, that you hate country music right there in a nutshell. I don't hate country music, actually. <laughs> you I was carried that to with a, you this whole time. Uh, you know time. what? Actually, there's a, there's, a, um, there's a country song that I was listening to at the gym today, and it's actually really great, which is funny because it's like a Christian song, and I'm not religious at all, but it's um, Something in the Water by Carrie Underwood. That is uh, it one is of her best songs. Like, yeah, know. like literally there's just, it's just a good fucking song. Yeah, man. regardless just, of so the Christian good. message, whether you, you know, are Christian or not, like that's just the melody and the, uh, the, and the production. So powerful, and the way that they, the way that they sample Amazing Grace in the end is wonderful. It's a just a very, very well-constructed song. Uh, well, not, I guess not pop song, but a uh, country song. The CMA Awards for this week like as well. Country. And yes. actually, our uh, diva of the week, who we'll talk about later, is a country singer as well. Okay. She is a country singer, so it's a very country-themed episode. But I just, <laughs> the audacity of Kelly Clarkson, it is a cover song, but of, of a song that she had to point out was written before the Mariah version in 1989. But just the audacity, it's almost like she's coming from Mariah. You do not come from Mariah because she will never let you forget Mariah. it. It sounds like she's coming from Mariah, which is crazy because she's a Mariah fan. So the sacrilege it doesn't come for anyone. She's like she's, she's a sweetheart. Kelly she's America's stays sweetheart. In her little Texas corner. Uh, and she's gonna. I feel like she's definitely gonna be one of our nominees for Diva of the Year, even though she didn't really release much new yeah. music. She had a talk show though. She uh, her talk show won one best talk show, and she Good won an Emmy, her. and she's a hit, and she kept got us through quarantine. So I feel like she'll especially be in the like, in the ten, you know in the nominations up there too. Especially like, and it's hard to stand out <laughs> when you have a talk show because I feel like everyone has a talk show, and hers yeah, is, but a, a lot of them you know fail miserably. I know, like you know who's I watched, and it was so boring, and it was really disappointing because I fucking actually love her, but Drew Barrymore's show was just not it. Drew Barrymore's show I is terrible. Love Drew Barrymore. More. I think she's like I've actually met her a few times because she always used to come to the Starbucks that I used to go out. <laughs> and like <laughs> she is the sweetest person she's that you sweetheart. will ever meet. She is the nicest, and I was really hoping the show would be great, and it's just really boring. Um, Our guest she does to- do this one. She does do this one great thing in the show though that where she reenacts and she like dresses in her old outfits from like her iconic movies, and that's great. Um, but yeah, yeah, great. I've seen that, and I and I do enjoy. It. Like, there's some segments that have gone viral from the jury. From the Drew Barrymore the, show. The nostalgia. And parts. some of the interviews are interesting because they're like train wrecks because she's just talking to her friends. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're not exactly. they're not good interviews. They're just like right. like like it's our diva like that she's... we're talking about today, Anne Hathaway. There's an interview between her and Anne Hathaway, and it is cringy. It is so cringy. Drew Barrymore interviewing Anne Hathaway. And they tell each other, like, it's just them gushing at each other. It, it's, it just came out, like, last week because of the movie oh, Witcher. okay, okay, I haven't seen it's, it It's new. Uh, it's cringy. The show's cringy. <laughs> but Drew Barrymore, favorite, you know what? Uh, my favorite Anne Hathaway interviews are the ones where she's always, like, when she gets interviewed by, like, like some, like, 
fanboy who's like clearly a homosexual and like loves her <laughs> that was my favorite type of interviews well we're going to talk about her a lot because she is our uh topic of the day and yes. our our guest of the day is the famed fashion photographer uh la photographer arthur brian marquin and he's going to defend and hathaway's honor for uh the flop movie colossal and uh <laughs> but here's what here's what i was gonna say is that i was in la last summer and i had tickets to the kelly clarkson show and arthur was supposed to come with me and um i believe he he bailed or i bailed or someone bailed at the last minute and well, it was either you bailed or he bailed one of them <laughs> i think i think I can't remember, but I do remember that I, it might've been me because I just didn't feel like, I was like, oh, I don't want to go to the, I'll drive all the way out there to go to see this taping of this Kelly Clarkson show and have to be, ugh. Because actually going to tapings is a lot of work. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's like, they should be paying you to be there. Sometimes they do. It's a, and it's like long. It's a long it's time. It's like a too. long you time. Wait, you like can't time, talk on yeah. the phone. You can't do this. You have to like stand up and dance and look happy and look. In, it's acting. Yeah. It's an acting job. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but you know what? Let's bring on Arthur and then we can talk about Brittany with Arthur and get all of his, uh, his thoughts on the subject because, uh, but Arthur Brian Marroquin is an actor and photographer originally from the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. That's where I'm from, too, girl. You know it. Uh, he now resides in L.A. and Austin. Oh, he's bi-coastal. You can see him in movies such as Santa Jaws, Urban Country, and in commercials from Subway to State Farm. And uh, check him out at Arthur Marroquin on Instagram or official... He's also quite you know, easy on the eyes. <laughs> oh, I think you're, he's, uh, you're hitting on him right now. Uh, so let's bring him on. <laughs> hey, guys. So many things from just listening to you all oh. banter. Uh, I've never listened to Kylie Minogue <gasps> before, really. Oh, wow. I like, got this album because I saw like the song was playing at the gym, like in the corner. And I was like, who's that Madonna? And then I was like, you know, it looked very much like the confessions of a dance floor kind of vibe. Yeah. And so I like downloaded it. And I was like, Oh, this is great. And like, it's been the album of the week for me for, for sure. the whole week. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, well, uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, yeah. I love her, but the talk show. Yeah, it's know. it's not it's not it. I wouldn't have bailed on you, so I wonder what happened. There. <laughs> I forgot. I think it was honestly me. Like LA, um, LA is kind of like depressing. I th- I find LA to be depressing. Um, <laughs> I do, um, but you know it, that's where Hollywood <laughs> is. That's where the business is. I think I was just like in a funk that day, and I was like, I don't want to go to kelly clark which is crazy because i love kelly clarkson i think i had just seen her in concert and so i was like fine by missing it i'm cool like (laughs) once you canceled i was like i just saw her in concert i'm good well there you go (laughs) which i got for free someone just offered me free tickets to kelly clarkson and i was like okay cool i'll go i've seen kelly a few times she's she's so good i love her i'm she really is great. And now I'm mad I wasn't on the show though, because you know what? It was one of it was like the first week of filming, and I didn't know if it was going to be good yet or not. But the guests that she had just that first week were like amazing, and she coming out and singing live, like definitely think that I should have gone. <laughs> oh my god! So Britney Spears, your thoughts on the Free Britney movement? Movement. I know like nothing about the Free Britney movement. What? I know. I know like. 
a few things in terms of like you know that she's had all these videos and her fans are like hey oh my god we love you Brittany and like I know am I a bad person for not knowing this it's just like Brittany isn't like I like I like Brittany I love her I like her she isn't like the person like I'm like constantly like all about okay um cool <laughs> I mean I'm sorry she's no pink <gasps> pink is uh the queen that should be more like you know getting I don't know I I'm sorry we talk about overratedness and I don't want to say that Britney's overrated because I don't I think she's great and I think she definitely had like a time and a place and she is iconic but someone who gives us like you know consistency for longevity is Britney um, or Pink Pink. Okay, you're the second person in, in all of our guests that actually likes Pink. So that's cool. That's cool. I like Pink. I think I think you're right. She's got this long career, great songs, great songs. Um, but before and she has evolved with her music. So like if Britney came out with another song, I'm sure we'd hear her talking about like dancing in a club or something. And then like <laughs> breathing sexually. Okay, so I take it that Britney is overrated to you. I don't want to say overrated because she deserves, she is legendary. Okay. But I think there are a lot of people who are more talented and deserve more of the like conversation. Okay, I mean, that's fair, I guess. Okay, so so this is kind of good because we can talk this through. So you don't know anything about Free Britney. That's kind of good because uh, we can kind of explain it a little bit to you. Free Britney is a movement that was started because back in 2007, when Britney had her breakdown, her family started a conservatorship or filed for a conservatorship to sort of like manage her money and manage her career and and uh, and such. Because the, according to court documents, she is actually, like, I don't want to say psychotic, but she has, you know... Didn't they say she had dementia? Yeah, it's listed in the court documents as dementia, which is kind of weird. Yeah, so supposedly they're taking care of all of that. But here's the thing, is that supposedly she's a prisoner, like, of her father's in this conservatorship, is what fans started to think uh, over the years. Like, a conspiracy theory, really. And these songs are like, yeah. oh, they're protected, and, like, <laughs> lucky. kind of piece that together. <laughs> yeah, Lucky is actually, like, a really sad song now, now that we know what we know about her. But here's the spooky thing that, that sort of surfaced over the last couple of weeks is these old letters that Brittany wrote to different people. And some of them are about this crazy woman named Lou, who actually is the person who is in charge of the conservatives, who runs the business that is listed as in charge of the conservatorship. Now, in some of these emails... Yolanda Saldivar? Basically, it's like a Yolanda Saldivar thing. So in, in as, as early as 2007 and 2008, she is listing this crazy woman, Lou, as being a stalker and asking for help uh, from this stalker. Somehow, this woman infiltrates her family and, and, be, and becomes friends with her father and ends up running her entire conservatorship. Like, that's fucking weird and creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, that's weird. That's some like Yolanda Saldivar or some good like Lifetime movie shit. Oh, this will absolutely be a movie someday. Yeah, could be a series of movies. You know, kind of like Julie Garland has so many different movies about different time periods of her life. That's gonna be Britney. 
Just Which I just saw, different... actually. I just saw the Judy Garland movie with Renee Zellweger. Oh, yeah. The Oscar-winning, award-winning movie? Yes. Yes, that one. that one. I just saw it. I still don't think that... I do think she deserved the Oscar. I do not think she should have been singing. It, every time yeah. she opened her mouth, it just took me out of the film. I, like, girl, I, you don't sound it, anything like Judy like Yeah, Judy and it was that. It wasn't that she sounded bad. It's just like, no. I mean, David and I talked about it, and I'm just like, it's just, it just made me want to go watch a Judy Garland movie, you know, because, like, I was just like, she's doing great, but, like, it's just, there's just only one Judy Garland, and you don't sound anything like her. When, when you're uh, literally famous for a certain thing, I feel like uh, that's just... Yeah. And it's hard, because Jennifer, like, she... she Jennifer, I, um, Judy Garland is not... Um, um, she didn't just have a good voice. I mean, she had like arguably one of the best voices like ever. <laughs> yeah, know? that's the thing. She has like one of the so, greatest voices of the 20th yeah. century, at least. Just like you nobody know? could really, no one I could yeah. have been that, you know, which is. Well, I, I agree. There's like, I mean, Judy's so iconic and well, to, you know, compare it to the Emmy award winning movie, Judy Garland, My Life in My Shadows, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, she who, who Judy is it? Davis. It's, uh, or Judy Tammy Davis. Blanchard played the young version. Well, yeah, but Judy Davis, you know, just go like she just like mimes. Yeah, they use Judy, they use Judy Garland's singing voice in the movie. Yeah, yeah, Judy. Uh, because yeah, I mean, just like Jennifer Lopez and those people knew she should not be singing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like have some common sense. For the new series, I remember hearing that they were going to have the new Selena girl like sing. Are, are they? Or I was like, that's not Christian. Whatever Christian is. I don't think I don't yeah. think Selena's family would ever let like Selena's voice not be used. I was like, well, that's Selena. But no, apparently Selena's family is suing Netflix. Oh. Um, Over what? So, they sue for every little thing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> They sent us a cease and desist when we were having our concert and the Broadway sing Selena. Are you serious? Uh, oh, that's uh, ridiculous. Did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they were, yeah, apparently they were seeing Netflix. At least a friend sent me that and just like that they were like about the rights. Of, I don't know. They're always like fighting for rights. I don't know. There was that like Selena, like short lived musical, right? That like yeah. I never saw. But there's like a clip online. And I, I saw, like, oh, I saw a bootleg of it once. Yeah. You saw the entire what, bootleg? No, 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 not entire, but I've seen like I saw like a I saw like a 15-minute bootleg of it where it was more like a B-roll of like highlights, but it, it was Yeah, it looked very much like the movie. Literally, I mean literally, <laughs> I think that's what it was supposed to be. I, I don't think it was this as one good, song, though. this one song that she had with Chris, I think it was called like I Wanna Grow Old with You or something like that. It was but anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, it was, and also like they're not even allowing um like her her ex husband um they he wanted to do I think I don't remember if it was a series or a movie about like his experience with Selena and like they blocked him from doing his, like, yeah and they blocked him from doing the well the memoir they tried to block him and they couldn't um because they were like no he can do that if he wants to um and uh, but then I think he tried to do like a TV show or something and they didn't let him which you know I don't know whatever. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Christian Serratus is definitely much thinner than uh, you know. She's yeah, yeah. Which a lot of people are already angry about on uh, social media. Because Selena again was like, they, well, they're cur- they're curvy. Yeah. Like I've stood next to Emma Roberts, and that was like thin. I think because I think this they're gonna have two seasons from what I've heard, and this is supposed to be like Selena basically before she, she gets famous, like kind of like how she became famous, I guess. 
I feel like the end of season one, the fucking like cliffhanger is a door is going to open and it's going to be your life. I said, I, I kind of said that. I was like, I feel like it's going to be like, they're going to end the season with like, this is the new pre- this I, is the new president of the club or something. Yeah. It's going to be like, Yolanda, yeah. Yeah, and the door is going to open and then all of us are going to like, you know, yeah. ride. Is it two seasons that's been confirmed? It's, uh, they said that the plan is for two Probably. seasons. I mean, I guess they have to see how the first season is, is prepared, but... There's only so much you the, can... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the first season is supposed to be from childhood to her... I think it's supposed to focus on, like, her with the Dinos. Chris is in the trailer, and I, like, read the sides for Chris. Not that I was auditioning for it, but, like, my friend had an audition for it. And so, like, I just, I knew that, like... That was happening, and then like I had a friend read for someone. Gosh, I don't know if I can talk about it, but like at the Grammys. Uh-huh. Uh, so like when Selena wins her Grammy. Oh, okay. Cool. I mean, you didn't I sign an NDA that. or anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, also everybody um, knows that Selena won a Grammy, so it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> so it happens at the Grammys with a celebrity diva. Uh, she has a little encounter with a celebrity. Oh wait, Kim. Whitney Houston was, was won her Grammy the same night, right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I mean, I know she won a Grammy, you, but I don't know anything about that. I I'm not gonna say anything, but David Davila, he is very smart. Okay, so that's a good Whitney Houston. Thank you. <laughs> Who plays Whitney Houston? I feel like that would be scrutinized just as much. Oh boy, we'll see. I have no idea. And so it wasn't my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what would the what would it? What would the audition for Chris Perez even be like? I mean, I feel like if anyone plays him any different than the movie, I will be pissed. Like if he, by the way, Chris said that Chris Chris, that the actor who got cast did not reach out to him afterwards, which I think the rumor is it's because the family told him not to, but we don't know. The the new the new Uh, actor or the old actor? Yeah, Chris. Chris, Well, no, Chris Perez posted the real Chris Perez posted uh, on his Instagram that he in Texas we say Perez. By the way, oh wow, (laughs) Perez. Sorry, Chris Perez uh, basically said um, that um, in New York that the actor playing his Netflix series that um, that the actor never reached out to him to like tips on playing him or anything like that, and it kind of rubbed him the wrong way. That is weird. Like when you're playing someone that's alive, I feel like you should reach out. Well, yeah, but the rumor is is that the family told him don't do that. That's what the rumor is. I which I I would I would probably assume because why else wouldn't you re- that that would only make sense. Hmm. I wonder if the other guy from the other movie like reached out to him. Yeah, I think they were all very involved in the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can Yeah. You can go back and look. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I met the guy who was. I once. I went to a, a drive-in screening like two last summer um, in LA, like at a pop-up drive-in, and the guy who was like, "This bumper fell off the car hey, from taking yeah. us." And then like I met him, and I have a video. He just died. He just died. Yeah. Shut up. He was like young. Yes. Well, he just uh, at the died. time of the movie, he was. well, yeah, I guess he still was. Yeah, I remember. No, he's like I, at least fifteen. Yeah, he, he, he apparently after that film, he got a little bit famous for a little bit, and then he became a teacher, like a drama teacher. Yeah, he was my Texas. friend's drama teacher, and, and oh, uh, oh. she made a really touching post about Guys, him. I literally met him like a year ago, and we did that like line together. Anything for Selena? You said you have it on video. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
This bumper's gonna yeah, run like a rush canal. Oh my god, I can't believe he died. So also the rumor is that like the girl, you know, who plays Selena's cousin, who goes with yeah, her. Yeah, she's the mom in the show. Mm-hmm. She's Sadie the mom, Lopez, right? Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. I kind of love that. Fun little. Uh, that's a fun little uh, connect. Trivia. Little yeah. trivia, yeah. Um, no, the family was was very yeah. involved in the first movie because Gregory Nava, who is a big, you know, Chicano playwright and uh, in the LA theater yeah. scene, okay. he went to Texas and spent like a month with them. And the family like gave him all these old videotapes and he interviewed them all one by one uh, when he was work when he was writing that script. And he he talked, he did interview Chris and stuff, and the family was really upset about it. They didn't want any of the Chris stuff in the movie. Um, but Gregory Nava convinced uh in the first movie. Yeah, she, Gregory Nava convinced um Mr. Uh, Mr. Quintanilla uh to keep it in there that the that that selena would want it in there I, I don't remember what the reasoning was but it's all in the delete in like the behind the scenes of the dvd <laughs> i mean that's stupid like what's her that husband so that's like ridiculous but whatever well they didn't they didn't want like how the family didn't approve of it and all this stuff like they didn't you gotta remember also they're jehovah's witnesses and uh they're very jehovah's witnesses very 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 strict very strict so they had all this yeah i mean you know there's rumors this is this is this is right. I, I, you've I, heard I, there's rumors that I, selena would not have died under any other circumstance except that the family would not allow her to take blood because they were jehovah's witnesses like a blood yeah well i think i remember seeing an interview where he talked about that and he did we say don't have that any that proof is, but he did say that um, that selena did receive actually it well it's it's been proven, I believe, that Selena has did receive numerous blood transfusions, but that it was just too late. She had died. Um, that's the that's the rumor that um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about her. The I don't think we'll ever know. Part but of her getting shot and going to the hospital. My, but what I do know is that my tia was working at the hospital in Corpus, and according to her, and again, this is rumors. Or she heard the rumors that she she wasn't allowed the blood transfusion. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if we'll never. I don't think we'll ever know. Girl, this is depressing me. Let's talk about something else. Okay, girl. Who? Um, Arthur. Okay, guys. So wait. <laughs> wait. Before we jump off of that, I had to Google. So Frank Mendez died, but not. He was the one who says "Orale, rewind." But the guy who said anything for Selena's Eric Carrillo, the one I met, is alive. Oh, the other, guy's oh, the other one. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, so okay, says, rewind. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> so wait. So, so do you think Britney should be freed or what? <laughs> the judge denied oh, her request. Think- I can't believe it. It seems like such a simple request to allow. Well, he didn't say no. He didn't say no. They delayed it, so it wasn't like a no for infinite. It was like a. I think they're going to do a hearing again in December. Okay. I definitely think Britney should be freed. I mean, I. I mean, it's hard. I don't think she's like unstable but i also don't know too much to say like oh yeah she is like but i i think she should be given like the own right to like have her own money and like you know her, the song stuff and be able to she she should be able to so here's the big thing is that fans have been asking her to wear yellow if she was in trouble i don't know if you've heard this so yesterday yes. on her facebook she wore yellow and she wrote in the comment of the post, uh, hello with a telephone. 
and said, and then she, she wrote, hello, telephone, yellow. She wrote out the color yellow and then put yellow stars and said, my favorite color is yellow. This is after weeks of fans asking her to wear yellow if she was in trouble. But I mean, so what's going to happen? We have to wait. As, as Britney's famous theme says, you're just going to have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> She's requesting right. that her sister be her conservator. Her conservator is trying, uh, her sister is trying to, I guess, become conservator. Is that what a mess. What a mess. I feel like it's better than a father because, like, sister, although sibling rivalry can be really bad, you know? Well, it's, it's not, about, like, it's it's not even right. about that. It's like, it just would be better for her in her situation because her and her father don't have a good relationship. They don't have a good relationship. So I feel like, and she's written in several emails to different managers and lawyers that she's actually scared of her father. So I feel like having her sister, if someone has to be in charge of this, and you know what, let's be honest, why does someone have to be in charge of this? Because there's millions of dollars and they just, they literally just want their money. You know what I mean? I have several friends. I have several. Yeah. She said that she will not work. She has said she will not work until her father's not her conservator anymore. And what happens? They're releasing a new single. I was gonna say, is that what we have? We don't have Britney, new Britney music, and why? I'm like, yes, she's legendary, but she's not consistent. No, she has said she will not work again until her father is no longer her conservator. She can't. She quit the Vegas tour. I don't think we're getting the full story of the Vegas show. That she quit. She quit it. uh, When her father went into the hospital, she quit all of a sudden. Yeah, but a lot of people think that that's a lie. Yeah. Well, it might. I feel like if anything, she saw an out with her father not being able to do anything about it because he was incapacitated, and she saw an out and pulled out of the show with while he wasn't around. Uh, is my theory? That's just a theory, so I, I don't have any proof for that. But anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, a new Britney Spears single is being released uh, in the next week. It's uh, on vinyl and Urban Outfitters. Everyone can go buy it. Uh, but that money, again, is, you know, prisoner money, I guess. Uh, so, Arthur, who is your, uh, who's your favorite diva then, if it's not Britney Spears? Okay, so, wait, well, okay, favorite diva of all time, Anne Hathaway. Well, which is who you're here to defend, so we'll get to her yeah. in a second. Okay, so she does besides sing, Brooklyn, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why she's a singer. She won an Oscar for her singing. She did. Um, yeah, uh, but I love, I do love Pink. Pink is probably, Pink is my favorite alive diva, and then uh, singing diva. Aside from her, I really, I do love Selena. Selena, I feel just like Selena's immortalized though, so like, she's a given. But Pink, Pink is great, consistent. Like, I just remember, like, besides her first album, which is the, like, R&B album that, like, nobody ever really listened to, but, like, going from Misunderstood to, like, you know, all the other things, Try This, Funhouse, I'm Not Dead, like, you know, like, you know, come on, give, hit us with the hits. And, you know, she's consistent. And, um, you know, I love her. But if I can give you some divas that I'm truly, like, the chicks. Oh, um, some and more Texas divas. Form, formerly Dixie Chicks. The artist formerly known. Yes. As the Dixie <laughs> Who do you, um, um, what's your favorite Dixie Chick song? Uh, Long Time Gone. <gasps> and The Chick. Um, <laughs> the artist formerly gone. known as the Dixie Chicks, the, the Chicks. Yeah, yes. so uh, Long Time Gone is such a good song. That whole album is their you best album. You know where they album. shot that music video? Where? Reynosa. Really? 
my yeah. God, that's where... They literally went across the border and filmed it, like, in Matamoros or Reynosa, like, right there. And, like, they stayed at the McCallan Embassy Suite. Oh, my God. They're in town. That's where we're from. That's how me and Arthur yeah. are doing. <laughs> One of my favorite um, songs to sing in karaoke when I'm really drunk is Goodbye Earl. <laughs> Earl's great, because Earl had to die. So good. Um, Natalie Mays is amazing. Their new album, Gaslighter. Uh, truly iconic, amazing, hit after hit after hit, and just like pull out yeah. my heart. To I amazing. liked it, yeah. but I don't think I'll ever listen to it again. Oh, I will. But I love, okay, wait, can, Natalie Means, I feel like uh, we'll never have another Dolly Parton, but like the closest thing vocally that has ever come close to Dolly Parton is Natalie Main. I love her voice so much. Her and Pink need a duet. Like, her and Pink need a duet. Because, like, Pink has had, like, a duet with, like, Kenny Chesney. And, like, you know, she had that duet, which is really good. That song that set the world on fire is so good. And it's funny that you all were talking about country earlier because I do like certain parts of country. And, like, I love Shania. Shania is like, my oh, other diva. Shania. Shania is, like, my other diva. And I will always stand by Shania. You know, one of the world's best-selling artists of all time. Uh, she has one of the best-selling albums of all time. Come on over. And then, well, just the chicks are the best-selling female group of all time. Like, that's what, like, those are so iconic. Those girls women are so iconic uh, in their own right. And, like, just because, like, we've come a long way in terms of time and, like, generations, like, just the records they broke. I also understand that music is different now in terms of like streaming and I don't even know how like they handle all of that. But like they they you know were money. Um <laughs> and they were great. They were great. And the, the their songs are just amazing. And uh, just like there's the stuff that they brought to Gaslighter, I mean it's just again evolved. Like in terms of like who they are, where they are in life, it's great. Um but in terms of musical theater divas, um, that's right. I forgot you are. Actually, I'm remembering now how we met. We met backstage at Fiddler on the Roof at UT Austin. Of course. In uh, the, the first time we ever met was, I think, at a either Fiddler or Chorus Line. It was one of the two, and then we saw each other again at the other. We, we were young and, and dumb and and stage dooring. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Harvey Firestein. Yeah, we have great pictures with Harvey Firestein. I think that's where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I, I mean, I love, okay. So I love Karen Oliva. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. To me, she is the, like, to me, she's like the best thing that there is in Broadway right now and does not get the credit. I mean, sure, she has a Tony and she has the leading role in tons of musicals all the time, but I feel like people don't give her enough credit. Arthur, who would direct that version of West Side Story back in 2000? Arthur Lawrence. Oh, Arthur Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah, she thanks him. And I was like, she's like, thank you, Arthur. And I was like, that was a shout out to me. (laughs) Um, But no, I love her. Um, I mean, I love... Megan Hilty, uh, hashtag long live Ivy Lynn. You got um, a Karen fan here in the in the audience, so um, you got to be careful. Oh, uh, 
Yeah. Well, I was a Catherine McPhee fan, which has kind of changed over the last few months, but has it though? I don't know if it has. Well, I mean, well, no, I mean, I'll always be a fan of her voice. I don't care what anyone says. I think she has a beautiful instrument. Anybody who tries to argue that, I think you're going to be talking to a wall. It is very, Um, it is great. Yeah. It is good. It is trained. It is very disappointed with her politics. Uh, uh, I love. Sutton Foster, come on. Oh, uh, younger, I cannot wait I, for the new season of Younger. I love Younger. They're filming right now. I love oh, Bernadette are they? Peters. Oh, finally. Yeah, I love Bernadette Peters. Um, we stand. I love Andrew Lansbury. I love, okay, random musical theater love. Diva. Ellen Green. Oh, yeah, her. that's not random. I'm, Daniel's obsessed with Ellen Green. Well, like, but like, <laughs> I was obsessed with Ellen Green for a very, very long time. I wish I could. School. I like what did what did she do? The only thing I know of of Ellen Green is, of course, Little Shop of Horrors, the original. Little Shop of Horrors, oh. the movie. Little Shop of Horrors, the revival. <laughs> and other than that. All and in- don't forget, David, Little Shop of Horrors City Centers. <laughs> that was the revival I was talking about. <laughs> but uh, the only other thing I know that she's ever done that I've seen is Wagons East with John Candy and her, which I think is a great movie. Um, but, like, I would love to see her do other stuff. Yeah, she's the only oh, one, too, right. that really... Pushing Daisies I, and Heroes. She's the only one I've seen, and I've seen, actually, a fair amount of Audrey's uh, that I feel like really understands somewhere that's green. Um, no, I saw MJ I saw, Rodriguez. No. Let me t- well, let me. T- so I saw that production with MJ Rodriguez. Well, hold on, let me say something. I saw the City Center's production, and that's the only. And I've seen a lot of productions of Little Shop of Horrors. That is the only production that I've seen that at the end of Somewhere That's Green, there were people literally like crying because of actually how sad that song is. And a lot of people just find it to be like a funny musical theater moment. And I'm like, this song is actually Sad. quite depressing. But I uh, found right. MJ Rodriguez's yeah. version like uh, uh, gut-wrenching. So David, is that when you were there when that show was going on? No, I missed it. I, oh, I saw a bootleg. Um, I heard and a bootleg it, of MJ. Uh, she sounded great. Yeah, but seeing her I, do no, it, I saw just, the production. Okay, so t- tell us about it. Well, okay. I, I think everyone involved was really good and great in it. I think the staging of it, like at first I was like really involved, like I was like, oh cool, like I like the plant. And I'm like, the plant like never grew after a certain point. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, and then we were just supposed to imagine, I don't know, it, it was weird. It was like a conceptualized, like, you know, weird theater thing that I was like, great, cool, and you're low budget, I get it. And like, <laughs> but, um, but I, I enjoyed it. And like, uh, there's again, certain part, like lines were just like the, the girl that's inside me or you, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, uh, ah, 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 like yeah. amazing. But like, it had a deeper oh meaning. My God. Like, there was, yeah. There yeah. was when she got cast originally, I do remember being like, oh, like she's trans. Like that's cool. I didn't think much about it. But then when I saw her on TV singing suddenly Seymour, when she said like, uh, he you know, sees her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, daddy left early, mama was poor. I'd meet a man and I'd follow him blind. I, I was like, oh, fuck. It hurts this, so the one I'm thing, chills I, just I thinking about it. I stayed for the talk back after the Q&A and like, there were just a few of us, so I got to ask a question. It was like very personal. And I was just like, so like, what were some of the things that like cu- coming forward with like this that you were wanting to address or like make sure that you did want, like, you know, such iconic roles. Like the movie is, iconic and whatever 
uh, especially for musical theater people, like, you know, I mean, how many high school musicals have you seen with Little Shop where a girl tries to sound like Ellen Green, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, she's like, I didn't want to come in being Ellen Green. Like, Ellen Green is amazing, but like, Ellen Green is Ellen Green. Like, yeah. and so like, I just didn't want to go in trying to do that. And the one thing where I think the director was just like, like, look, we're like the serious Little Shop. Like, cause you know how like Little Shop is very kitschy and yeah. like very 60s and like very like, punchline almost kind of like it's so campy well they got rid of the campy because they were just like yeah and this like you know there's like a a shiner you know a shiner like you know like you know she was like oh like he hits me like there's nothing funny about that and which there's not but also like there was something to make us laugh there before and then it just it was a different tone and a different thing um Hmm. But I thought it was so. Good. You didn't um, agree with with the direction necessarily, but you did. You were blown away by MJ Rodriguez's performance of Audrey. I was uh, blown away by everyone's performances. Kevin Chamberlain, uh, you know, uh, Salazar, Amber Riley, uh, everyone. Everyone was great. The girls were amazing. The Ronette Chiffon, you know, all those those the the street urchins. They were great. Um, back to people who I just love. Divas. <laughs> um, this one's a little controversial, and I feel like you know exactly who I'm about to bring up. Oh, Leah Michelle. Oh, yeah. I will always be a fan of her voice. How you said, um, I you know if she's a diva behind doors and terrible, like from what we've heard from some of the people, I. Of who she's worked with, I hate to hear that because she's always someone who I looked up to growing up, and you know, growing up as a theater kid, hearing Spring Awakening and then like watching Glee and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I was just like, I was always drawn to her. Um, I do think she's a great performer. I do think she is a great performer. So I will always stand behind her. I'm glad she had her baby. I'm glad she's doing well. Um, you know, musical theater divas aside. I loved Naya Rivera. Naya Rivera, rest in peace girl, was phenomenal. And I truly think like that girl was a beast. That girl, like they should have given her a Selena number on freaking Glee. Also had had the movie of In the Heights happened originally when the rights were first sold back to Universal, like in 2010, I think Nina or Vanessa either pick. Pick. Yeah, I I remember hearing that she was the first choice. I mean, back in I remember when the, really? when the In the Heights was first coming up, the the top choices at the time were uh, Naya Rivera and Vanessa Hudgens. Naya Rivera would have been great, <laughs> honestly. So I saw Vanessa in Rent live the yeah. like Hollywood Bowl. No, the like live one. Oh, on TV. Oh, like, right, I right. oh, you were you were at the taping of the uh, Rent live. I was at the pre-recording taping. Like I was the first like rehearsal in the space or whatever. Dress rehearsal. Like when they were running in front of an audience. And so like my friend was in it and like I had a dance a dancer friend in it and he was like, come. And I was like, sure. And I was like, I became a Vanessa fan that day. Cause I was like, oh no, she truly is talented. Like she's talented. I um, agree. I'm when- sorry. I'm I'm a we don't talk about this enough on this podcast, but like I am I am a huge Vanessa Hudgens fan. I think she is talented. She may not have like these pipes that, you know, some people only 
some people uh, measure divas only by their pipes and I am not one of those people. I think she's an amazing actress. To me, her, um, her Rizzo just like gutted me when she, when she sang uh, Rizzo's, you know, big soliloquy, I was gutted. And I, I do think she's talented. I thought she was great in um, Gigi. And I, yeah, I think she's a hoofer. She does those eight shows a week. She doesn't call in. She's, she's, She's talented. She's very talented. Yeah, she she has the the talent to back to back it up. I do think she would wouldn't be where she is without it. And I do think she may not be quote unquote famous, uh, but I do think she's good enough to be a Broadway hoofer with or without her childhood celebrity status. She puts in the work, she dances, she acts. I will I will stand by her like she, I mean, and I, she did in the Heights in like DC. Yeah, right? she was in it. Yeah, she's she's friends with you know Lynn and them. I think she was seriously considered at one point, and she did in the Heights with Ramos, with uh, you know the guy who was playing yeah. Snobby. She was Vanessa. I yeah, think. she was and Vanessa yeah, in, in the DC production. Yeah, Naya and Vanessa would have been just give them whoever you want because they both were amazing. Um, and so other people, like, I, I love... But wait, um, let's talk about Rachel. I mean, I let you go on and on about, about Leah Michelle, and I gotta say, I don't know anyone, maybe, that is a bigger fan. I have one friend that I think is a bigger fan of Glee than you, but I don't know that I have... that there's many, so uh, this friend literally tweets about Glee still every single day, so I think he's a bigger fan than I you literally are. go to Google and still type in Glee every night. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> do you think that she's over though? Like, yes, she's talented. Yes, I think her voice is one of the best. I is she it, over? I would say this in the nicest way possible. I mean, she's a cis straight white woman who's privileged. She's not over. Like, cancel culture is like it's weird in the sense like she's not over. Like, she's she's banned. Like, so she's still gonna. Ryan Murphy's still gonna give her a job, and I'm. I still like her as a performer. Like, I don't think. I think she handled the way the way it came about recently. The way she kind of apologized and didn't was kind of unfortunate because she should fire whoever told her to write that that iPhone notes apology. Um, but I am rooting for her to always work. I love her work because I just, you know, I think she's a good actor and a good performer. Um, and I hope she's a good person. And You've um, never met her in Hollywood? I have not. And I am glad I have not just because, you know how they always say, like, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. But I feel like if I met Anne Hathaway, like, Anne Hathaway would be the nicest. I met Anne Hathaway's mom. I also did meet Leah's mom. And Leah's mom was so sweet. Um, I met Leah's mom at Leah's concert. I went to go see Leah's concert. And I... So I bought a ticket and like the ticket, when I showed up, they were like, this is a fraudulent ticket. <gasps> like someone else has this ticket. Yeah, like I bought, because I bought it like off of like, well, I don't remember where, like not Ticketmaster itself, but like, yeah, Ticketmaster. So somewhere, but it was like a duplicate ticket. And so I was like, what the? So luckily I got my money back. They were like, well, you're gonna have to go buy another ticket. And so all they had, like they had plenty of tickets though, like Liam Michelle concert was now pulled out. But, um, <laughs> So I went to go buy another ticket and I was like, I'll buy a ticket. And my tickets were like right by the comp seats. And so like in row K or something. 
And that's like, Leah got her mom and Emma Roberts tickets. And then so Emma was like, these are the tickets. Like, like <gasps> super pissed that she was okay. And like, <laughs> and then like her mom, like, I'm forgetting her mom's name. Um, it starts with an E, but like, like, and I was, I was like right next to them. And I was like, I said like something nice to Emma. And then as I was passing by and then I kept on walking and then I was like, oh, I'm headed literally right next to them. And I was like, I swear I'm not stalking you. Like, I was just because I was right behind them the entire time. And I was like, this looks really awkward now. But I think she'll she'll work. I think she's talented. I don't know whether that means she'll come to theater next. If theater... If they have her, her they'll have her, honey. I was going to um, say, I don't really know. I feel like she's not very liked in the theater community. But I mean... The, even you know. before all this stuff came out, people didn't even like before, her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to... Because we're going to run out of time. Let's get to why you're here. There are a lot of other Broadway people that I love and divas, okay, that I didn't get to mention. So it's not that I don't love you anymore. It's just, yeah. <laughs> we're okay, so you're here to defend Anna Hathaway's honor. First of all, specifically in the movie Colossal, which we'll talk about, but uh, why do people hate Anne Hathaway so much? I just don't I want to say it. something about Anne Hathaway really, really quickly before we start, only because I feel like if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget because we were talking about musical theater. Um, for people who have not heard, um, there's a lot of people who don't know this, but Anne Hathaway did a production of Twelfth Night um and um there is a soundtrack and there is a song that she does with audra mcdonald and it's called full fathom five and i've never heard anything more heavenly it is anne hathaway and audra mcdonald singing um and it is the most beautiful thing i want to fall asleep to it every night anne hathaway sounds absolutely stunningly gorgeous it's only like a minute and a half long song um but it is the most beautiful thing you will ever hear so people who are listening look up anne hathaway and audrey mcdonald full fathom five the song it's amazing Legit. you didn't know it I see, nobody fucking knew it i found it on tumblr one day and i was like what is this well um 12th night which was uh, the public theater uh shakespeare in the park uh was uh, the hottest ticket in town you had to and i don't know that it's ever happened since then it was like she got phenomenal reviews too in 2000 and nine i want to say i'm ready for Anne's tell me you had to sleep in the park uh, to get tickets for this, and people would camp out. Was it out. free? Was it the Shakespeare in the Park? It's Shakespeare in the Park. It's free. It was free. It's, okay, always, yeah. it's always free, but you have to you have to get there. And really, usually, if you get to the park by like eight a.m., you're good to get a ticket. But uh, not for this production. People were camping out, you know, all night, sleeping in the park. Which luckily, it's summer and it's uh, Central Park, so there's you know, it's pretty easy to sleep in Central Park. Uh, but. Anne Hathaway would come all the time and like bring pizza to the campers or bring them breakfast and coffee because she was so sweet. Uh, yeah, it was it was the the must ticket of the of that summer. Uh, it didn't transfer to Broadway. Um, yeah, but I gotta say I love this um, Shakespeare in the Park like musicals and how they commission young composers to write you know musical versions of of some of these Shakespeare plays for Shakespeare in the Park, uh, which I just saw Karen Olivo in one a couple of years back, and she was fantastic uh, yeah. in the Odyssey, in the Odyssey. So let's, yeah, so Arthur, let's see why. So David and I have had this talk. We actually have a, a disagreement with this because I don't really think everyone hates Anne Hathaway, but David seems to think that everyone hates Anne Hathaway. But go ahead. People are loving her. Yeah, but go ahead, Arthur. Uh, plead your case. 
I know why they hate, why they, people used to hate. That's what I said, yeah. Uh, The half of haters used to be around due to Anne's Oscar trail. And she said it herself. She was, even on Andy Cohen, I saw this interview with her, like, what's one thing? She was like, your Oscar, they were talking about her Oscar. And she's like, I wish I wouldn't have won it. Just, and then he was like, why? And then she's like, well, you know why? And then like, she kind of elaborates a little bit, but is vague. Like, she's like, everyone, I just got so much hate. And like, but she's like, you know why? Like, I just, I wish I wouldn't have won it. And it's the way that they went about, like people, America has this thing on like, we love people. And then like, we love turning on mm-hmm. people. They started to do that with Jay, Jennifer Lawrence as well. And like, um, and we're like, we love her, we love her. And then all of America's sweetheart. And all of a sudden, oh, she's too, she's perfect. Well, blah, blah, like, well. And so they, that's what happened with Anne. And like, I've heard this thrown around. And I think it's the same with like Rachel Berry and also me. Um, <laughs> just like the, uh, the, the theater kid who tries too hard. Yeah, that's um, what people were I don't saying, know, like, yeah, that she tries too hard. Yeah. But it's just because she was rehearsed, and so what? Like, I'd rather have someone like who's rehearsed and polished and clean versus someone who's just gonna like make a complete idiot of themselves. And like, yeah. she just, she, people. I think the hate stopped a while. She like stopped after kind of Interstellar, and then like just kind of. Hated it. And also, it didn't help that Interstellar. Her character was so unlikable. Um, I don't. I don't remember necessarily where the switch started to come. Maybe I think around the intern by the time like the intern and her hair grew back like people like were you know like okay we're open to Anne we love Anne again and like you know now she's she's doing like comedies like the hustle and you know the witches for the kids and she's gonna do Sesame Street next year like once the like you know and but the reason why we do love her I think is because she truly is like such a good yeah well and also I was talking to and Arthur you can back me up on this because I'm sure you know her career be in and out um I was talking so the reason why I say that people didn't really hate Anne Hathaway is like you had like so the haters who talked their shit but like if you really look at Anne Hathaway's career there was really never a time where Anne Hathaway was like no longer being cast in A-list movies and like to like people were hated. like her career is always red hot I mean yes you could argue that yeah she's had some flops but like any actor with a very long career has um you know right. she's never really had a time where like casting directors were like we're not fucking gonna cast Anne Hathaway because she's like box office shit or like anything yeah, yeah she's yeah. always has so it was just uh it's it was just a thing where I was just like I just felt like it was people who were hating on her and also the thing about is that anyone who says that they don't like Anne Hathaway none of them ever says I don't like her because she's not a good actress. So it's like, they all just hate on her personality. So I'm like, listen, as long as you're giving those performances and are a good person, because I mean, you said you love Leah Michelle, like Leah Michelle's talented, but then she's apparently a shitty person. Um, So like, and- You know, those are rumors. Apparently, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, and so like- Many, many, many rumors. Many. Even when when I went to go see Anne get her, her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, like she was like, who do, I've been thinking about this and thinking about who I was going to thank and who do I thank? And then she was like, do I think like, you know, Hollywood? Do I think my manager? Do I think uh, like my career? And she's like, no, I need to thank the people who like the indigenous people who actually own this land. Like, and I was like, oh my God, you're amazing. And like, she's just talked about like so many things. Like she's like talked about like women's rights and gay rights and her brother's gay and just how like, you know, she's, she's definitely stood up for like, 
um, women in the workplace and just, I don't know, being a kind person. And like during quarantine, she let her Instagram um, be used by um, a trans woman of color who just went on every day and like went on like spitting facts on how like to help better, you know, and then like Anne came in on one day to wrap it up with her. And like, it's just like, like someone who's doing things constantly to actually make the world a better place. And she, the thing is she's using her platform. And so it makes it, I hate when I hear people like, oh, well, they're an actor. They should just like learn line, blah, blah, blah. And they, the chicks, the Dixie chicks, they should just be singing music, shut up and sing. Like they have a platform. You're already listening to them because of these other things, these other things that they have to say that are making you feel away a certain way. So like, you know, they, they, uh, I don't know. Anne's great. I actually, I, I definitely love her. Way. I never sold that story. Ah! Yeah. I met her when I went to go see. Um, so she did a she did a one woman play in New York called Grounded. Yeah. Um, and I ironically I went to the box office. I uh, it was the day the I think it was like I think there was only like two performances left. And I went to the public and I was like, Do you guys have like any tickets left? And he was like, Actually, we have one more. And it was in front row. And I was like, Fuck yeah! And I got it for thirty bucks and it's amazing. So I saw the play. The play was mm. great. And then I got to meet Anne Hathaway after, and it was so funny because i so i never i've never really been like i'm not really one for stage dooring and stuff like that and if i do meet an actor i never really ask for a picture i would prefer to just like talk to them um so i just went up to Anne hathaway and she was very like super gracious and i was like i just have to tell you that i genuinely like you're one of my favorite actresses i cannot wait to see what you do i think that like every movie you've been in i've just loved your performances and i'm always looking forward to like seeing what you do and i just really think you're great and i don't want to take up your time and she was like oh my gosh thank you so much (laughs) so the funny part though was (coughs) excuse me so after i said this i turned around i turned around and i said oh well i said it was just very wonderful to meet you and what a lovely performance and yeah and i was like bye and she turns and she's like oh hey wait wait." and i was like uh uh, what and she's like i'm sorry did you did you like want a picture and i was like oh no it's okay and then she was like oh okay well nice to meet you <laughs> it was so it was just so funny because she awkward. was just like okay yeah it was awkward but she made it she was she was just very very charming I so found. you should have just taken the um, picture danny i should have i know i should have now that come I think on I like, this yeah. is a lesson in life lesson to be had here but you know what that was right <laughs> around the time when she was getting a lot of hate and you could actually tell that she was very very self-conscious about everything yeah. um, i do kinda, remember that yeah, um, but she and was I do remember had... some. A lot of people didn't like that play, but I t- I couldn't get tickets. It was like also. Oh, I, I liked it very much. But um, also there's this one. I think I've mentioned it on the show before. But um, there's a a show on Amazon Prime called Modern Love. Her episode. Yes, you mentioned it way the... too much. Yeah, because uh, it's just her. <laughs> Have you seen it, Arthur? Have you seen it, Arthur? Yeah, the Critics' Choice nominated Anne Hathaway. For yeah, Love. she yeah. like I said, just watched the scene. The scene in the, the scene in the diner um, is fantastic. But Arthur, oh, I don't. There's a musical number. In the... um, anyway, uh, so wait, okay, so it's 2016. Anne Hathaway is hated by everyone, and she decides to make a movie called Colossal. (laughs) I was just getting mad. (laughs) When did when did she win her Oscar? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah, so twenty sixteen when she was filming this movie. Yeah. was during that period that you guys were talking about, right? You should also say that this movie, this movie Colossal was actually very well received by the critics. It just publicly was not. I, I, would, really I wouldn't well. say like, I mean, it had, it got a 70 uh, on Metacritic. She was liked again by this point because she had, 
She had the intern and then she had Alice through the looking glass and then she had Colossal. But then right after that, she had like Ocean's 8, you know? And like- her, One of my favorite you know, performances of her. I, I agree. Ocean's 8 was a great performance, even though everyone seems to have like, there's so much hate for Ocean's 8. Uh, I thought it was lovely. I, I thought Anne Hathaway was great in that movie. Also, anyone who so talks bad about Anne Hathaway, I'm sorry, Arthur, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I've just, uh, anyone who talks, it's funny, my friend didn't like her performance because he's like, I just feel like she's kind of playing herself. And I'm like, that's the whole point of her in that movie is she's like literally making fun of being an actress. Anyway, go ahead, Arthur, sorry. Yeah, no, no. And so, like, I will say, like, the song one is in between Les Mis and Interstellar and like that. That is like, I was like not the biggest fan. I still am a fan, but like, again, the intern I was very happy with, but then Colossal, Colossal. First of all, the intern, she should have been nominated for a Golden Globe. Just give, give it to her for the damn, like under slash musical slash comedy. Like just give her the damn nomination. She's great. Okay, Colossal, all right. Um, should have been her third Oscar nomination. And I truly, truly, think that she was robbed of it because because no one ever has even heard of that movie even when i bring it up no right no one's heard of it and well it was the it was like the the production team that was behind it they were like i think you know sometimes movies need money to get made and so like i think this and this movie is about like this weird like you know like a godzilla japanese like well it's not like it's in korea like this monster from seoul that attacks seoul korea and like so you know they had this like asian investor and i think like ultimately they were like well it's sci-fi and so sci-fi movies don't do well but like truly it is one of her best performances like she's funny she she's funny from literally like the first beat when she walks in because she's like just drunkenly like walking in and you're like this bitch is drunk and like just laughing at it and you're like okay and we like a sloppy Anne because she's aware of it she's whatever but like we like to see her let go but also just like her other first Oscar nomination Rachel getting married where she's a total yeah. mess and like, I've seen someone she the thing is with Rachel getting married it really hits home because there's someone who I was like, whoa, that is that person in my life. Where like, I was like, like that's that's that person. That's they're not even Anne. Like I was like, that is that person being so destructive. And so this person was destructive, but like lapped it off. And so like, that's so funny. But then there was the moments where she's like, I have to stop. I have to, I'm like, that's where like her, her the most earnest moments were so good. And then Jason Sudeikis, who's so good in the movie too. And then he just has like a turn and then he's just like, fuck you. And then like, okay. so I just remember people like- <laughs> Okay, well, let, let, let me explain the movie a little bit you're, you're, that you're going on and on about because <laughs> people that don't know it, no one's heard of this movie and no one's gonna know what the fuck you're talking about right now. So let me say, uh, okay, so this movie Colossal 2016 is made on a dime. It's made on a dime uh, by a Spanish uh, actually, um, Spanish filmmaker Nacho uh, <laughs> who wrote and directed this movie um, it is about a, really it's about two different things because there's the actual plot of the movie and then what it's really about really it's about uh, addicts and uh, abuse and toxic relationships uh, among addicts um, but 
that's what it's really about. But the plot involves a dinosaur or like a Godzilla character that appears. Godzilla. Yeah, like a Godzilla-esque character that appears over Korea, Seoul, Korea at 8.05 every morning, which just so happens to be the moment when Anne Hathaway's character drunkenly in a, in a blackout stupor crosses a certain playground and eventually she starts thinking that she might actually be this monster attacking soul when she's blacked out and on this magical playground. Uh, and it spins out from there. It gets kind of wild. <laughs> um, but I want to say, before you go any further, that, that I think that the movie, while a cool concept, and yes, a good performance from Anne Hathaway, is not good. I disagree. But you know, um, so, <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I disagree. I think everyone in the cast is great. I think the story is brilliant. I think the story is really it's, creative. I think it's different. It's creative, and it was different. And then, so I just remember so like people like I remember like on Facebook comments when Colossal was coming out. I went for a date night and this was nothing like a date movie. The trailer's so different. Like, fuck y'all. Like, this was a different, like, this was not what the movie was about. And I'm like, yeah, the first time that we were not seeing a movie trailer give away the entire movie. I think people maybe were going and expecting it to be like this really funny, campy movie, maybe. And yeah. It's, not and it what was. It's, a, it's actually quite an intellectual film. Yeah, I um, think that it, what it wants to be, it wants to be a Charlie Kaufman film, like Adaptation or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind or uh, Being John Malkovich, you know? But I don't think it's as good as those movies. I think that's what it was aiming for. I don't think it pulled it off. That's my opinion. But that, that takes... that. Not to take anything away from Anne Hathaway, though, yes, I do want to take away, um, I do think that her ha- gay hairdresser um, should have been fired in that movie. Overweight. Like, I could not <laughs> movie, get over yeah, was... her hair. They couldn't afford a, a, a gay hairdresser. I, so. I, th- I, I don't think her uh, hair had grown that long at that point. Okay, I don't understand I mean, what, if they, um, she's going to wear a wig. I, I liked her hair in terms of, like, it just was so different from, like, Anne. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, and, like, I like seeing her, like, again, like, I love Catwoman. Like, I just love seeing, like, the box we have put and built Anne in. And, like, that's what just it was. Again, her- that's, that's what we haven't talked about. I think the real reason people hate Anne Hathaway is because she was Catwoman. I forgot about that. People loved her Catwoman, yeah, David. But Cat, that, I, Catwoman was I, no, great. I'm actually glad we're talking her. about this. Because Stray, my roommate, I think by the straight way, guys my, hated my her as Catwoman. My roommate I, listens I to every episode of us. Like, yeah, my, my roommate who listens to every episode of us, he said, what are you guys going to talk about today? And I said, Anne Hathaway. And he said, please talk about Catwoman. We're doing that. Okay, so listen, <laughs> I can't believe I never put two and two together. The only people that hate Anne Hathaway, I think, are straight, are the same, like, straight, like, uh, incels who voted for Trump. I think they hated her as Catwoman, and that makes sense to me why they would start an anti Anne Hathaway. See, I couldn't. Because nothing I couldn't else disagree. makes sense to me. Like I, I don't understand why anyone would hate her. I couldn't except disagree for more that. because I I have found that my straight friends love Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. They think Anne Hathaway is incredibly sexy. Well, um, my in my in my experience, my gay the people nerd that friend, hated I mean, my straight nerd friends because I am a gay nerd, so I have straight nerd friends that read comics and stuff. They hate they hated her in that, and I can't okay, believe well, I forgot. 
Well, I don't know. My friend, my straight friends loved her, but I will say the people that I found that hated, quote unquote, hated Anne Hathaway were straight women who hated Anne Hathaway and gay men. Women. Um, who now like fucking worship Anne Hathaway? And Hathaway, I'll argue that Anne Hathaway is a gay icon, <laughs> but that's that's a different episode. Well, absolutely, Brokeback um, Mountain alone. <laughs> Devil Wears Prada and Devil Wears the Prada, Devil Wears and Princess Diaries, Princess Diaries. And so that's the thing. Again, we forget. Like Anne is actually funny. Like Anne's first like big hit was The Princess yeah. Diaries, where she makes laugh just by falling off a chair. <laughs> Like she is funny, you yeah. know, like, and she, she is great. And like, and in Catwoman, I mean, I, I was mad that you didn't get her on Catwoman spinoff. Uh, and again, I'll, I've heard the, the fight where like, she didn't really get to be Catwoman because Christopher Nolan wanted this, like, you know, she didn't want her like fucking like licking herself and being like, yeah, he, that Catwoman. was, that was his whole Christopher Nolan's thing with the bat, bat the Batman movies was that it had to be realistic. It would be like, yeah. what would Catwoman be if she was actually a real person, not like with any extra powers or anything? Yeah, that was the, the thing. And like her Catwoman is different. And but like, I'm a big fan of it. And like, there are moments I'm going to sound crazy, but in that movie, she made me cry twice. I Wait, think. in, in, <laughs> in the Dark Knight Rises, she made you cry? Yeah. There's a moment where she's like, why are you going to save the people? And like, she's just like really dramatic and she's like really like fuck these people like fuck gotham like why do you care and she just is so like real about it because she's just such a broken-hearted person and i was like i feel for selena kyle right now and like i just like i don't know like i'm crazy like that i i cried during the blindside trailer so like you oh, know God, i like that movie's terrible all right um but um <laughs> but like uh she like Anne is great as Catwoman, um, and she looked amazing, and she fit the part, and that's the thing, is, like, I feel like Anne is sexy, and she's beautiful, she's, like, a million things, whatever she can be, be, she's gonna be, but she's gonna be her version of it. Anybody who thinks that Anne Hathaway is not sexy needs to watch Love and Other Drugs. (laughs) I I don't know, because we're, we're gay, like, we're not, we're not, Looking at her, the I way think Anne Hathaway is incredibly sexy. If I were straight, I'd be all about it. All of my Anne favorite movies, like Devil Wears Prada, Princess Diaries, Colossal, Love and Other Drugs, Les Mis. Like, Love and Other Drugs Love is one of my favorite drugs. movies, actually. Slip my wrist. She is so great in Love and yeah. Other Drugs. Like, Wonderful performance. And she again, was nominated someone, another, Golden Globe for that performance. Yeah. Another time, she's she's a mess in that movie because yeah. she's just like the hippie kind of, or just kind of the girl who like. Yeah, she has a, her character has Parkinson's in the movie, and there's yes. moments where you. Okay. Where yes. You yes. It's her, very like, sad. Slip my wrist. Blah. It's very sad. But tell, let's talk about Colossal because um no, why do you think Colossal is a good movie? It is a good movie, and like I like the twist with Jason Sudeikis. And you're like, oh, this is like the love interest. And you're like, this is not the love interest. And this guy's always been a dick. And the moment, like, he's, like, turning. Like, it's it's great because you can see, like, Anne is finding, or, like, Anne's character is finding, she's addicted to, like, you know, alcohol, first of all. And she's addicted to help because she, she jumps from one relationship to maybe almost this other one. She just realizes, like, you know what? She needs herself and to focus on herself. And so there's something at the end when she, like, she knows what she needs to do. And then she just goes, goes to soul and she shows up and there's like this epic like shot where she's like walking and like, she's just going to go fight this damn monster, like the Jason Sudeikis monster. And like, it's iconic. And she's just like, I don't give a shit. And I'm here to stop you. And like, 
And she's, oh, it's so good. It is so good. And I just, it's, it's truly something that everyone needs to go watch. It's a great show. No it's, it's a great performance. And, and actually it's a great twist ending. The ending is, is very satisfying, but but do you not think that they should have planted some of the seeds of that earlier in the film? It feels like it, they come out of nowhere. Like you said, Jason Sudeikis turns on what? his head like halfway through the movie. They could have shown us him being the childhood dick thing at the beginning well, they, of the movie. They, they just give it to us at the end all of a sudden when like he remembers that it was him, you know? And like, so like, I'm fine oh, no. like understanding and thinking that they're like in love and they're gonna fall in love. And then, you know, they have this whole like, big fight scene where they're literally like just hitting each other and like trying to like stop each other from getting to the park. I do think that once Jason Sudeikis becomes a dick, from that point of the movie on, I think the movie is fantastic. I think the first half of the movie though is a big mess. And I I don't know. I I feel like that made that might have just been the intention, Nacho's intention. Like he didn't want people to know what kind of movie they were watching until the end of the movie. But I I feel like that because of that, it, it fails because because uh, people on a date night think they're seeing one type of a movie and then they're blindsided, uh, not knowing really what they're that they're watching a Charles Kaufman movie. <laughs> What do you what do you think? You look really mad at me right now. <laughs> well, I'm waiting to hear if, if uh, you know if we're gonna if Danny's gonna say anything. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I mean I liked the movie, um, but I felt like you both are speaking about it so intellectually that I don't wanna <laughs> Yeah, no, I I, I, mean, I, just I, liked back, I liked it. I thought it was good I go back to like my first moments watching the movie. I remember going and watching it by myself and like being because it was in only in, in so many theaters and it was in LA. And so I went and I was just like, I just remember having such a, like thinking she was funny, thinking, okay, she's a mess. Yeah. Like, and then seeing, seeing the characters around her get affected. The way like Tim, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, who is a friend of Jason Sudeikis, get like burned by Jason Sudeikis. And like, and just trying to put these pieces together and like, clean up after people after having to stop after she stops having people clean up after her because like Jason Sudeikis just turns into a dick and because he she turns him down and so he's like okay you don't want to like go out with me and you want to f my other friend the hot friend in the group well I'm gonna go kill some people in Seoul and then she's like, <laughs> sounds, what are you doing? It sounds so ridiculous, but yeah, that is the plot of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I agree with Arthur. Yeah. I agree with Arthur. Like, I quite liked the movie. The, literally, the only thing that I disagree with Arthur on about this movie is that I also hated Anne Hathaway's wig. But, like, <laughs> as a fan, now, as a fan, no, no, no. Now, as a fan, I could appreciate that she did do something different, but I was like, Anne, love that you took that. Never need to see when that way again. I just googled and it's the biggest arm colossal as Anne Hathaway's with a bolt article. <laughs> a but I will say, it's, wrote it's, that it's, article. and it's ironic because David said, You're like, oh, like her gay hairdresser needs to fire her. So I was like, okay, sure. But it's funny because I always say, uh, when I saw Anne Hathaway in Ocean's 8, I turned to my friend when I saw it in the theaters and I was like, whoever did her makeup for this movie needs to do her makeup in every fucking movie that she does because I've never <laughs> seen Anne Hathaway look more beautiful. And I already think that Anne Hathaway is gorgeous. But like in that particular movie, there in the scene where she starts when she's in the press conference and they're asking her like, who are you going to wear? And she's like, I don't know yet. I'm like, look at, oh yeah, that scene. And then the scene where she's in the restaurant with Helena Bonham Carter. I'm like, look at how 
fucking gorgeous this woman is. Like, she is so drop-dead gorgeous. Anybody who says that Anne Hathaway is not sexy, like, I don't understand. Like, literally, I, I was she turned been, on by her performance. I think she uh, could have been nominated in, for that one, too. I yeah. thought it was a great, a great Yeah, I mean, critics loved her in, in Ocean's 8. But okay, just, but, and the way, that, the way that she so subtly is just, like, making fun of herself as an actress, as how she's, like, this yeah. unlikable actress, I just thought was absolutely brilliant okay anyway, but uh, uh, let's wrap episode. up because actually we're out of time but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry brilliant Anne Hathaway and Ocean's Eight. brilliant performance but, but what i i, I want to hear your know, last argument about C- colossal but but i am glad that you picked this movie because i literally had never heard of this movie yeah. did you watch it for this interview i of course yeah of course i had never heard of this movie so i'm glad i'm glad i i will say i enjoyed the movie I don't think that I, I I understand where Nacho was going for. Um, I just don't think he set it up right. Like I thought, I think he thought it would be cool if it came out of nowhere. I just don't think that's how storytelling works. Um, people don't like the rug pulled out under them. I feel um, like this is going to be a movie that's going to be famous in like 20 years. <laughs> aside from, aside from the movie whether you like it or not you can't deny her acting. oh of course right and that's really what is that really what you are defending her acting ability or the movie yeah no i i truly am coming for like this could have been an oscar number if the movie had been taken more seriously yes unfortunately and distributed by like you know correct the correct uh, way and like with marketing like i don't even remember hearing about this movie yeah like it was i think i mean Lamez is epic, obviously, but like, and there was no way denying that. But like, I mean, if Rachel getting married was her first Oscar nomination, like, this, I mean, I just, I truly think like this could be her, like, maybe my favorite acting of her scene because it, it just encompasses everything. And it's like the most, like, it's just the I, best I've, like, yes, oh, I have to good. shout out now, now that you're mentioning it, I have to shout out two moments that really struck me of, of from her performance specifically. Uh, she, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis is literally just stomping his foot on the playground and she has to act like she's watching 9-11 happen or something in real time. <laughs> and so her performance acting as if his stomping on the ground is the equivalent of a 9-11 sort of catastrophe is quite remarkable that she goes from zero to a hundred like that. Um, it's ridiculous how serious her character takes this issue, which is another problem I had with the storytelling. It, it comes out of nowhere. Like she discovers the playground, but there's no clue that it's the playground ever. And I'm like, wait, how did she get to the, how did she make that connection that it's the playground? Like there's a lot of the setup for me of this movie was not what it should have been, yeah. but I, but man, the ending really pays off. It's a good. For what ending. it's worth, Arthur, uh, David clearly has an issue with the film itself, not Anne Hathaway. No, so Anne Hathaway's great. Need to right. that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. Anne Hathaway's really good, and you know what? This happens a lot to actresses, uh, specifically actresses. It doesn't happen as much to actors. Actors can be in a bad if you're if you're male, you can be in a bad movie and still get an Oscar nomination. But if you're female your movie that you're in cannot be bad or the men who ruled Oscars brush it aside. This is a big problem that through, you know, the history of the Oscars, women can only get nominated for prestige films. 
And men, that rule doesn't apply to them. I mean, unless you're like yeah. Marissa Vino or something. I mean, no, not not Marissa Vino. Um, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> no, Marissa Tomei is all all her nominations are in prestige films. No, she got she won for My Cousin Vinny. That's not a prestige film. But My Cousin Vinny, which was uh, also nominated, it's a comedy. yeah, but it was also nominated for a screenplay. Like it's it's it was it was a rev- it's a revered film. Oh, you're saying if it was like a like a huge critical flop, they don't get nominated. Okay, they will sorry, not. They will not get nominated because okay. because the people making the nominations, which historically have been mostly older white men, will not watch the movie, so they're not going to see your performance nominated. Also, well, I will say in Anne Hathaway's personal defense, you probably wouldn't have wanted to get nominated for another Oscar that quickly. <laughs> so maybe it's for the best for her mental health. Tell it to Meryl Streep, darling. Tell it to Meryl Streep. Uh, yeah. Oh, so here's you know, here's a big one we'll be talking about probably a lot is Glenn Close has been rumored to finally win her Oscar this year for supporting actress for the movie uh, Hillbilly Elegy. But it, oh. just, it just got unanimously panned by all the critics. Like it has like oh, a really? 29% on Metacritic. So now her chances for the Oscar, Rotten her chances for Oscar just dropped significantly. What are the Oscars 2021 anyway? You let us, let's be real. It's going to be all like Netflix and HBO films and Hulu films. I did stuff. say, I will say Meryl Streep said something about her, her Oscar nominations that I kind of loved because she was like, they, they, everybody always says Meryl Streep's been nominated more times than anybody else in the world, and she's the best actress in the world. And she's like, Yeah, that's true. But she's like, You know, what's also true is that Meryl Streep has lost more than anybody else. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and with that, um, Arthur, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug real quick before you leave? Um, no, uh, just other than the fact that I love Meryl Streep as well, and also that Meryl Streep was in our a film that we all love called The Devil Wars Prada, starring our beloved. Thank Andy. you. Yeah. It's the film that made Anne Hathaway a gay icon. Well, and Christmas is coming, so I you've got to watch Santa Jaws, uh, which you are in. Oh no spoilers, please. But yes, there is a shark. Yes, it does have a peppermint uh, unicorn horn, and uh, it does wear a Santa hat. So check out Santa Jaws on Amazon Prime, <laughs> starring Arthur Brian Monaquin. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Arthur. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Danny. It was a thank pleasure, Arthur. And people, please listen great. to Full Fathom 5 by Audra McDonald and Anne Hathaway. Thank you so much for coming on, Arthur. We love you. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you. Oh, but uh, the sound of Britney Spears um, giving one of those weird farts means that it is time for the upcoming diva of the moment who's having a moment in the moment we are having right now. And this one is having a moment. I heard this song on the actual radio as I was driving in an actual car. And I said, who the hell is that diva I've never heard of? Because the song was so good. The diva in question is Gabby Barrett. Have you heard of her? I have not. Gabby Barrett. And uh, it is, she is hot, hot, hot right now. And uh, I heard her song on the um, pop radio, a country song. She she claims it's country, but it sounds very pop. But it does have, yeah, it's like country pop. um, And it's big right now she just appeared too um as i just i decided i heard this song like a week ago and um like two days later she appeared on the country music awards so i she is having a moment uh and we do need to, do need to go take a listen to her and uh check it out and Danny, um have a good week thanks 
uh, yeah, everyone have a great uh, stay you know. safe, y'all. Um, the holidays are coming up, and it's insane. The COVID is insane, and it's real. Uh, all of my friends who shared who shared pictures of your Halloween parties and thought you were cute and with no one having masks, y'all look really stupid right now. I gotta say, I still don't understand why people who are like, like, why would you post? I don't know, whatever. Like, right? Like, if you were gonna do that, it's one thing. But then you're gonna do it to go tell everyone to go out is one thing, David. Again, exactly. But like, bitch, I'm not gonna. If I'm doing that, I'm not about to post about it. You would never know. <laughs> I can't like, believe that they, they, yeah, exactly. Oh my God, the stupidity, the stupidity. I'm not trying to get, dr- I don't, I mean, but I don't, by the way. No, like, but, but also, not, like, I want to like, say one thing, which is that the main place that it's spreading is at indoor restaurants, y'all, because everyone has to take their masks off to eat. And in that time period, the droplets get into the air. And what do we learn? Dude. I have to ask you something quickly uh, before we go. Okay. So I was on a date today and the, my date asked me a question. Yeah, it was great. Um, so we went into an outdoor restaurant, but it was one of those outdoor things, I guess, cause it's getting cold where they make like a little tent basically. Yes. And he was like, so if it's like, there's ventilation in here and he's like, isn't it basically like eating indoors? And I, I think didn't so. have an answer. No, I, I, like, I think it I is. I think probably. it's like eating indoors, which is really dumb. Like uh, people are He's like, getting really upset thing? about it. They're like, wait, so we can eat indoors if we're outdoors? Like that makes no sense. And it doesn't <laughs> like, make sense. Literally, the whole thing is, is that the air, if you put droplets in that air and the next person takes off their mask to eat and they get your COVID droplets while they're eating, that's that's why restaurants is the main place that spreads indoor restaurants specifically. So because because every single person that walks in has to eventually take up their mask at some point. So I, I yeah, just think, eat. I mean, it sucks for restaurants. The restaurant that I was working at, you know, is still closed. Um, three of my coworkers died. I know I've said that a few times, but um, Jesus, yeah. So it's it is serious. People are dying, and hospital workers are dying, and now the hospitals are almost at capacity across the country. Like. If you have an injury or something, if you need surgery, the hospitals are already at capacity. So, like, guys, this is getting out of control. Everyone needs to do their part and uh, be careful Thanksgiving. So, just try to be safe, y'all. I know. I, I so depressing. What a depressing it's, podcast it's just, about this today. It's really not worth it. Like, it's really not. <laughs> Oh, uh, we need Adele to drop an album and save us. Um, have a good week. Oh, to Daniel. Us more. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. To listen to our vinyl club selection, <laughs> Impossible Princess. <laughs> Impossible by Princess Minogue. by Kylie Minogue. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Yes, indeed. Bye.